You're listening to The Deep Cut, a podcast by Atlanta Christian Church, hosted by lead pastor Derek Sweatman and community and spiritual formation pastor Joel Mooneyhan. Each week, we take a closer look at the history and theology surrounding the week's lectionary text to give you a deeper knowledge of God's Word and what it means to us today. We're glad you're here. We hope you enjoy what you find. And now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Hey. I'm here with my good friends, Joel and Lindsay. And this is a, the weekly Deep Cut podcast where we, uh, as you heard from the intro, go a little bit deeper into the topic from Sunday. And today is going to be on the Sabbath command, the fourth of the Ten Commandments. And um, so we're excited about this because none of us are good at this one. So this will be, be an act of hypocrisy. Can't wait. We will just be putting forth the right answers, Without not necessarily the ones that we do. Not the ones we're good at. <laughs> yes. So be prepared uh, to... Roll your eyes at me. It's yeah. In if, if there's an eye roll <laughs> while people are listening, we totally get it. Right. <laughs> so that being said, I think Joel's going to read our text and then we'll Don't get into us. some stuff. Um, our text coming from Exodus 20. Verse 8, and that's going through 11. So this is God talking to his people after he's rescued them from Egypt. And he says, To remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Thank you. So, God's word for God's a, a couple of, <laughs> uh, not a couple, a few textual background things. Um, the Ten Commandments, actually known as the Ten Words of God, um, this is the fourth on the list. And the first four of the, of the commandments are like vertical in nature. Mm-hmm. So you have these uh, people in their relationship with God kind of things. And the Sabbath is the last one. Now, it's particularly significant because if you know the Exodus story, Israel is coming out of generations of slavery in Egypt. And so there's no rest for in slavery. You're just constantly producing and working for your master. Um, And that would have been the experience they had. And so um, it's fitting that God would give them this gift of rest. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, it's to guard against that tendency to always want to keep working, I suppose. But it's also a way, and this is where it gets complicated. It's also, uh, it was also a way to prevent uh, this freed people from becoming slave drivers themselves. Yeah. Because if their routine was day after day after day with no rest, then anyone within their care or community would be expected to do the same thing. None of us likes it when someone works less than we do. And so if, if, the, if the routine is we constantly work and produce, then that's the level everybody's got to be at. And when you read the command, we got into this in more detail in the sermon, so we won't dig into this here. But if you read the command, it's it's a top-down command. 
it's it's the heads of the household all the way down to the sojourner or immigrant mm -hmm. and then everybody in between and it's it's the act of an acting rest for everyone in your sphere mm -hmm. and so it's not just that i'm resting but that that i'm allowing those in my underneath my authority or influence to also rest so it's a very justice oriented thing too and so that's where we have the safeguard of i'm resting but i'm also not uh, I'm also allowing those who work for me to rest. I'm allowing my children to rest. I'm allowing all things in my life to take a break. So it, it, it's a safeguard against becoming slave drivers. Now the bad news is Israel would eventually do that. They would, they would have slaves. It, and it was one of the chief causes of the split of the kingdom of Israel into the northern and southern kingdoms. Ironically, the Ironic. southern kingdom was anti-slavery. Um, but it, it would become an issue. And so there's, there's some history there that we won't explore here. But um, yeah. so anyway, the, it's a gift, uh, the, one that they had not had before, but it's also a safeguard so that they wouldn't become like their slave drivers as well. Yeah. I like to back up into the, anytime I'm dealing with the Ten Commandments, I like to back up into them and, the first verse of verse, the first verse of chapter twenty, is where God says, "I'm the Lord your God who rescued you from Israel," and He contextualizes everything else that comes before that. And so, there's kind of two subtexts going on when when God says that. One, He's qualifying it in such a way that He's saying, "I did y'all a huge favor," and you need to listen up now. Mm -hmm. But number two, and I think probably more importantly is that what he's saying is he's setting a paradigm for that you exist in this world, but you're my people. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be my people, this is how people are going to know it. And so he lays out these commands. And it's not so much about do and don't. It's about this is what it looks like to be a model of my presence in this world. And y'all are my ambassadors to do that. So it, to anything within that framework, is effectively part of the image of God. And uh, we know that God rested. That's part of the creation story. And so God is saying, part of what it means to be my people is to take my example and not wear yourselves out and give yourselves time to mm -hmm. replenish and recharge. And uh, like you said, it's a gift to not have to be productive, but it's also the paradigm of what it means to be God's people, that this is one of the things that sets God's people apart. And we do know that there was no other ancient uh, people group that did this. Mm -hmm. And we also know from Greek and Roman satire that they made fun of the Jews for doing this yeah. because every single day was a work day. Um, all seven days of the week was a work day. So that they would stop working and do what they did on the Sabbath or not did on the Sabbath yeah, or didn't do on the Sabbath. Indolent. Yeah, they were made fun of quite a bit in Greek plays and in writings, um, sort of the subject of a lot of satire. Yeah, and I don't know if it's if it's too much of me like reading our current culture into the Bible. I know it's you know we don't want to get too anachronistic and like put ourselves in the same place, but going off. Um, just this idea that the Ten Commandments and this idea of rest is something that 
God was giving to his people after they came out of slavery, out of this time of they couldn't make any decisions for themselves. Their whole day was scheduled um, by those who were in charge. Um, but where are we going to end up? How is this trip going to happen? And I just found this very interesting parallel to our own lives and our own struggle with stopping and um, kind of like, I think what you were saying, uh, Joel, like, or no, Derek, you were saying how the Israelites were laughed at. They were made fun of for being still and having this day off. And we can fall into the same trap of, I need to be productive. I need to be doing something. And if I'm not, the rest of the world is judging me. And so we'd rather stay almost enslaved by our schedules and the doing and the hurry of life than go into this unknown of what happens if I stop? What happens if I'm still and I'm quiet before the Lord. Well, I have a question then. Do you reckon, because I feel like there's two things happening there, two possibilities, and it, it could be different for everybody, really, but do you reckon it's, um, is, it, is it that we're conditioned that this is what we have to do, and because I would imagine that's what it was in part for the Israelites, that this is, this is just what they've done for generations, and it's uncomfortable to, to not be able to not be doing what you've always done Mm -hmm. um and so Mm -hmm. you're conditioned to be going 24 hours a day seven days a week with no rest Mm -hmm. or is it is it also the anxiety of of the unknown as well and i wonder what it is for each of us or who's listening because i mean for israel it was certainly a rehab moment you know learning how to stop and (laughs) not do things and we would experience the same Thing. I think it was Lauren Winter from Duke University. I saw an interview with her, and she was like, to take a real Sabbath just feels like a death, mm-hmm. you know, like because you don't have your phone out, you don't have anything that you're connected to the world with on a normal basis, and it just feels like, a, for a while, it just feels like a death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and t- it takes them getting used to it. It's a muscle, it's a Sabbath muscle, so to speak. Yeah, and also, I think that's a good point, too, is that Sabbath is not just not doing work. Like it's not just not going to your job, mm-hmm. but it's also not being responsible for anything more than, like, I mean, if you have kids, making sure they have food on the table. I guess. Keeping but I mean, everyone alive. Yeah, but I mean, like, stay alive, it's, but that's it. Yeah, but it's it's not being tied to anything that demands mm-hmm. your attention or your responsibility. Again, that's not. Well, and in Christian language, it's a feast day. You know, Sunday is the principal feast day of the calendar. You know, Sunday is always a miniature Easter on the Christian calendar every Sunday. And um, so it's a, it's a celebratory day. It's not a day of like, you know, going away and feeling bad about things. But it's well, a, it's really somber. Yeah. And it changes, too, with generations. Like, when I was a kid, there was this stupid show called The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yep. With Robin, Robin Leash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Robin Leach. Champagne wishes. Yeah. And, and if you remember Shut up. what what uh, what signified the rich and yeah. famous was their leisure. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that has shifted now. It's how hard they're working now. And so when you watch that show, it was like they just live on boats and go skiing and sit on the beach and like they don't do anything. But elites have that it changes, you know, from generation to generation mm-hmm. and now Status Those who are, yeah, status is busy. They have what they have because they've worked really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And um, so 
what constitutes you know comfort now uh, in terms of like how people behave might be different in 30 years 40 years 100 years from now but um, so it's because that show made it seem like the whole thing was the Sabbath rest because they just had everything they needed and then they just didn't have, have to do anything whereas today's wealthy are more focused on the work all the time and it's constant yeah so yeah um, I think too and Lindsay you talked about this that uh, there's kind of a one of the benefits of it is it creates this rhythm mm-hmm. uh, in life and when you go just forever uh, non-stop it's it's tedious it's exhausting um, in a sense it can be just boring just to be working all the time and having a Sabbath as a regular interval to kind of calibrate where you are in a span of time and where your energy is yeah I think there's definitely a need for rhythm because if we don't we don't have that we don't really know what we're missing out on in the Mm -hmm. Sabbath like until we give ourselves enough quiet enough space enough um, just stillness we might not even be able to recognize what it is we're missing we might not we might know that there's something off, that there's something wrong, something we want to change, but it's really hard to put a finger on what it is we're missing out on and really who it is because the idea of Sabbath and keeping it holy is that it's a day focused on the Lord. That, mm-hmm. That's what makes it distinct. Um, that that's, that's what our souls should be going towards, is towards God and towards the rest that, that he can give us. But I think until we actually take the time to have that stillness, we don't know what it is we're missing. Yeah. I think that's... I think, too, that there's... There's something in the grace to have permission from God to not produce, not to labor, not to exert, and not to worry about anything. Uh, while I was kind of thinking Worry's through it. Worry's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Well, while I was thinking through it, I was reminded, the Sermon on the Mount came to mind in uh, Matthew 6, uh, 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor with your body, what you will put on. Uh, is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And there's something, I think that, one of, at least for me, I have there's two things. There's two components to why I get obsessed with productivity, mm-hmm. and one is is a sense of, of worry that I'm not getting enough done, or that you know um, I'm not being productive enough, and that people might think I'm being lazy or you know whatever. But I think there's also a pride issue there too. That by my efforts and my labor, I can keep the world spinning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if I don't then it's gonna come off the rails. And those are the things I struggle with the most when it comes to when it comes to work anyway. And I think that's what stresses a lot of people out about working is that for whatever reason in your mind, whatever sphere of influence you have, you feel like if you're not doing it well enough, then everything and everybody who depends on you is just everything is gonna to come to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. Probably not the case. <laughs> and 
even if it did, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be the worst thing to happen. Probably. I read this out of uh, Barbara Brown Taylor's book, An Altar in the World. It's a great book. Uh, each chapter just kind of stands alone, but um, she has a chapter on the Sabbath, and um, this line is great. It, it really just punches all of us in the face. <laughs> but she says, um, she writes, as much as most of us complain about having too much to do, we harbor some pride that we are in such demand. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, thank you. For that. <laughs> well, I'm just so, it's I'm just so busy. It's Everybody true. needs me for what I, yeah. Well, it made me think of too, um, the line that you shared last week that we think we want to love, mm -hmm. like the, this idea that we think we want to love our yeah. neighbor. We think we want to rest. We think we want to break. But in the end, like, it's that pride, it's that need to keep yeah. going that, like, do, but do we really want it or do we want the, like, props for all the good things we're doing? Or, yeah, you could also you could also flip it, too, that we think we want to be productive, but somewhere deep inside of us, we're screaming for a break. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, but, I mean, that's not to diminish. I mean, I yeah. think it, it can be both or it can be either one. Um, but I think that's why it's important that this be, we, we just forget. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those... It's one of those, this is a command that God gives. I think that's another thing we need to keep in mind that this isn't like a suggestion. This isn't a piece of advice that God gives. This is something that it's pretty important and it's not even halfway down the list. And it's a gift. Like yeah. Jesus says about the Sabbath that um, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, mm -hmm. but the Sabbath was made for Sabbath man. So it's like, us. it's a gift for you. Um, to use, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm commanding um, you to take this gift. Yeah. <laughs> and the prophets railed against Israel for not keeping it. Yeah. You know, they were convinced that they were in the troubles they were in. Partly vis -a -vis because of the that. exile and being taken over by foreign countries because they weren't observing the mm -hmm. commandments, especially the Sabbath. Yeah. And they weren't allowing people to rest. They were becoming a nation of slave drivers. And so it's that. Why don't we why don't we take a turn and talk about some practical you know this is where we all just put on our hypocrite hats uh, and talk about some next steps or practical ways to, to do this you know in the modern world I think a, a good place to start is and not to like push anyone's buttons but to <laughs> separate the Sabbath and taking a Sabbath from this newer idea of like self-care not that we don't need to self-care but like like self-care isn't a day of binging netflix right like in in yeah. terms of like the sabbath that's not what is meant to replenish our soul so i think we have to maybe do a little inventory first of when i say that i'm resting in my life when i say that i'm trying to recharge what things am i doing and are they working is me binging TV or reading a book. Not that those are bad, because I clearly do them, but like, are those really the things that are nourishing my soul and right. recharging me in a way that I need? Mm -hmm. So we almost have to look at what we do and what needs to change. No, I think that's, that's extremely important because there is that idea that like, and you see it sometimes that self-care looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. That may be true. But again, like you said, is what you're doing feeding a sense of rest and restoration or is it feeding a sense of just relaxation? Mm -hmm. Not the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I think both are in there. <clears throat> I think part of the Sabbath is the freedom to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. That brings life back to you mm-hmm. and breath back into your lungs because, you know, we need that. Because mm-hmm. if you're working all week and into the weekends, you don't have that. And so you just want to take a walk, you know? Yeah. But um, I think for me, sometimes the reason that came up just in my thoughts was that I will do too much. Like we all overwork, we do too many things and like run myself into the ground to the point where on a Saturday or a Sunday, I don't have the energy to do much more, mm-hmm. you know? And so, which is bad because that's when we're in front of our people. Yeah. The yeah. most. Well, I think for me, one of the things that helps me is to set a specific time. And we talked about this before we started that, you know, Sunday's a very good time to pick because you're already, presumably you're doing you're, church, you're doing church <laughs> and tying the worship piece into it. But if that's not the day, whatever it is, setting a specific time that on, let's just say on, uh, by Saturday night when the sun goes down, I'm not going to do anything else. And I'm going to have everything I need done, done, so that on Sunday I can worship, I can spend time with my family, and be ready for the next week to come. And the reason I say that is because one of my challenges, and the thing, one of the things I struggle with, is that I don't say no enough. Mm-hmm. And probably, if I'm being honest, probably partially motivated by that hero, heroistic, uh, heroic, um, Tendency. heroistic, that's not a word. Heroic tendency to want to save the day. I'm like, yeah, if you need my help, I'll do that. But I think there's also, frankly, uh, I can get absent-minded and just forget how many things I've committed to. And before I know it, I've just spread myself so thin Mm -hmm. and have not allowed a time. And so by setting a time and saying that by this time on this day, I'm done. And for the next 12 hours or for the next 24 hours, Mm -hmm. if you need me, tough. (laughs) <laughs> I've done everything I can do. Mm-hmm. And to me, having that scheduled time really makes a difference. And it also helps keep me accountable to, you know, hey, can you come help me out on this day? I really can't. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And uh, so I, f- for me, having a concrete, like, this is the day, this is the time, mm-hmm. and this is how long it will last. It's a, it's a little more pragmatic and not as esoteric, yeah. but... It's helpful. A friend of mine who is now one of the business professors at Point University in the business school, uh, he used to be a member of our church, and we were talking about this in in terms of Chick-fil-A, how they (laughs) don't open on Sundays. And I said to him, I wonder how much money they're losing by not being open on Sunday. And he said, I don't know, but they know exactly how much money they're losing. (laughs) It's a lot, you know. And um, so... It's a sacrifice even at the corporate level for them to not be open. You know, they understand that. They could open up on Sunday and just rake it in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some wisdom to it, too, because how many of us want Chick-fil-A right after church, you know? <laughs> I was gonna, See, I don't, I, I don't know that they lose any money because... Well, of course they do. They're not open. Like, if they were open seven days a week, they would be... Well, yeah, but, I mean, they're also the most successful fast food chain <laughs> in the world. So. so that was an interesting take on it like it's a it's a conscious decision to not produce yeah and to know what you're missing like to know what it is oh look at all that money flying yeah like the trick to the sabbath is to stop when the work isn't done Mm -hmm. that's the trick and to know what you're missing out on and to know what's 
could be, you know. Yeah, as someone who loves her checklists, like I was just thinking about <laughs> this before, like, ooh, my list, this part of my list is all checked off. It's hard to leave it unchecked. Like, that's stressful. Do you ever just check them off, just check them off? That'd be no, lying. Of course she doesn't. <laughs> Are you kidding? Even if you do like a little something that's related to it, you go, I did that, check. No, I leave a note next to it of you leave what I did. Okay. Yeah. Shame notes. No. <laughs> Encouragement notes. Encouragement. You did this part. Good job. You're not done yet, though. Nope. <laughs> Come back to me. Are your, are your checklists color-coded? No. Okay. They're organized by uh, what they are. Okay. <laughs> I think, fair. too, like... Just curious. I think for people... I, I also recommend Sunday being the day because it includes the worship piece, mm-hmm. and that is, that is key to Sabbath observance, is the worship piece. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's... That's the most central like time where you're focusing on the faith piece. Um, so I do encourage Sunday to be the day, but I also encourage people to like start small. Yeah. You know, like we have a service at 10 a.m. Well, maybe just block out from the time you get up on Sunday to noon, mm-hmm. and that's your time. You know, just start with that. Just start with a morning and see how that works, and maybe extend it past lunch into the afternoon, and you know until you get to where you are enjoying that and it's and it's life-giving um and it's yeah when we when we do observe it when and we do but it's we're not great at it but when we do there is a cool feeling of like um at the end of it then we kind of ramp up and get ready for the week Mm -hmm. you know um i'd like to say we could do that on saturday but we we can't um (laughs) But, you know, when it's over for us on a Sunday, then we're folding clothes and we're putting the stuff together for the week and getting the house ready. And um, there's a little bit more energy to do it. But if it's constantly sitting there, it's like if work is like this constant hum, whether it's professional work or housework or whatever, um, it just it's exhausting. So it's nice to just shut it out for a time. But so I, I always recommend to start small mm-hmm. and, uh, and see how that feels. We have a couple minutes left. Any other? Well, to that point, it's it, it's, it also is a discipline. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, anything that God commands involves some sort of discipline, some sort of practice. And you get better at it the more you do it. The more you do it. And, it, of course, it's not about the performative side of it, but as a, um, with anything, I mean, you, the more you practice it, the more you spend time with it, one, the better you'll get at it, and the more, but also the more meaningful and the more um, more concentrated the benefit will be mm-hmm. because it, it's just becomes more automatic and you, you get better at understanding what works for you, what doesn't, how does, how can you extract the most meaning from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say the same thing about the Sabbath I do about Lent, like nobody wins Lent, you know, you don't, you don't set out to abstain from something and win some prize. Yeah. You don't win the Sabbath by doing it well. Like it's the, it's the opposite. Like the Sabbath wins, like you give up and allow it yeah. to take over for a time. And um, yeah, you were going to say something? Yeah. I just, a final thought for me would, would be that as we're talking about, this is a practice that we have, you have to try it. You have to practice doing it. Um, I think it's important to know, like it's not something to wait for the right time to add it to your life. Oh, yeah. It's not something to think like, okay, this is a really busy season. I, I just need to wait for this to calm down and then I'll do it. 
because it's never going to calm down. Like, it's never just a season. There's going to be the next. And it defeats the purpose. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that would just be my final recommendation. Like, don't wait to do it until it seems like the time is right. Yeah, I like that. That's good. We'll close with that. That's great. Okay. Adios. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Deep Cut. If you'd like more episodes, want to listen through our archives of sermon series, or if you're in the Atlanta area and want to learn more about ACC's mission and ministry, you can find us online at www.atlantachristianchurch.org or follow us on Instagram at the handle Atlanta Christian Church. Special thanks to Jeff Box and Dave Hick for our musical themes, and thanks again to you for listening. We'll be back next week, but until then, y'all have a good one, and go with Christ, grace and peace, and we will see you soon.